0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The dream is made real. Ricky the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over.
1: Welcome fight fans to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with your host, me, Sean Basto, and I'm here to bring you the finale of Ones to Watch Series 2. And our guest for this finale is Mark Castro, amateur fighter from the USA, two-time world amateur champion, 2017 elite national champion, is vying for a place on the team USA of 2020 Tokyo. He's been in there with the likes of Lomachenko... ...sparring with him... ...getting some great experiences under his belt... And I believe he's quite well known on the amateur scene in America. So this is going to be a really good interview. And in advance I want to apologise a little bit. Just for the audio quality isn't 100% as good as what it normally is. And it was because of the connection speaking to Mark over the internet. And sometimes the internet can be an absolute nightmare as you know for connections wise. So it was a little bit difficult at times. I think the audio is is clear enough for everybody to understand what Mark's trying to explain, the story. It's not as bad as maybe what I'm making it out to be, but because I'm quite a perfectionist and I want people to be able to hear everything crystal clear, obviously I wanted it to be as clear as possible. But Mark was out travelling at the time we'd conducted the interview, so it was very difficult. When you get fighters that are out and about and around all the time, sometimes it's the only time you can actually catch them for an interview. But as I said, the audio, in, in most instances, is is listenable. So please don't switch off at this point, really. This is a great interview. Really enjoy conducting this interview with Mark. And a big thank, thanks to Alex Torres, who set this interview up. Thank you so much, Alex, for this. I really appreciate it. So guys, this is the finale for Series 2 of Ones to Watch. And this is with Mark Castro. So, I'm delighted to bring onto the finale of Season 2 of Once to Watch, Mr. Mark Castro, all the way from the USA. Mark, it's an absolute pleasure to get you on for this final episode of Season 2 of Once to Watch. How are you doing?
2: Thank you for having me, I appreciate it, and um, yeah, just thank you
1: you welcome, thank you so much for coming on and we're going to be talking about you as a person we're going to be talking about your career today and I think for, for the people that are listening to this episode a lot of what people have been following so far with the Ones to Watch series is a lot of the fighters they'll have heard are fighters that are already transitioned over to the professional side of the sport and are already sort of you know a quarter way into the the career in terms of the fights that they've had but it's different for you because you're at a completely different stage of your career you're actually well i'll let you tell the story basically so i'll let you tell the story of 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 yourself and i'd want to know first of all mark where it all began for you
2: i'm from fresno california um united states of america uh, my dad was an amateur boxer himself, and he opened up his own boxing gym. And I grew up in the boxing gym. Uh, my Every day after school, I would have to be there. My parents, my parents would make it on us to learn boxing as a discipline. And every day I was training, and every day I was working hard. And that's where I learned discipline from the sport. I learned many life skills, which... Uh, one nice skill I always apply is uh, time management, but it just all started when I was four years old. My dad put me in a sparring match with his best friend's son as well, and from there, my dad just boxing was uh boxing was uh, activity I would do daily, and I didn't really like it. I didn't fall in love with the sport until later on, but my parents, my dad pushed it pretty hard on me, because that's what he coached, and uh, he didn't want me doing another sport since he's seen me working real hard, and he knew I would do well in an individual sport.
1: So what was that feeling like then, having a parent like your dad who really wanted you to focus on this one sport you know all the sports that are out there especially in the the USA there's all these different sports that are predominantly obviously the American football baseball basketball boxing boxing's not actually one of the big predominant sports in the USA so what was it for you like at the time the feeling wise having that sort of push against going into that particular sport
2: Um, It was barely, it wasn't difficult. It was just, my dad was a boxing coach. Everybody knew that. But one sport I loved was soccer. And uh, I really loved soccer. And I I was playing soccer up to the age of 12. And I really enjoyed it a lot. But I wasn't, my dad seen me working hard and I wasn't, and he was upset since he seen me sometimes not get to play. Time I, I thought I deserved, or just little things like that. And at the end, my dad got me out of the sport. We hit up our first national tournament, and we ended up doing well. So we kept on, and I won my first national with around like I started my first tournament with about six fights, and I ended up winning the nationals with uh, twelve fights.
1: So what's, what's the big differences with the amateur side of the sport in, in, in America than what it is over in Britain? We have, like... Obviously, with it being such a smaller country, we have, you know, like, areas of the country where, for example, we have, like, the the North we have the South, we have the Midlands and there's all different types of tournaments that go on in them particular areas. And then all the winners of them tournaments eventually go on sort of the nationals. Is it a similar format over in America with like, obviously the different States of America you have, you know, the, the, the overall winners of each States.
2: Okay. Yes. It's uh, really similar. So there's this tournament that is really prestigious. Um, when I was growing up, um, it has lost its prestigious value, but it's it was really prestigious. Um, Andre Ward has won it, won it Major um, brounder to Oscar De La Hoya, to many greats. And it's a tournament called National Silver Gloves. And for California, California is a big state. So California, we, we begin the tournament in November. So in November, we fight. It's called our district. So that would be... Everybody in Central California and the cities surrounding them. And then the next month, in December, we would fight the states. And in the states, it's all of California. And that would include include, uh, Central California, which is like Fresno area. Then Southern California, which is the Los Angeles area. Then it's the border, which is like the San Diego area and then the Northern California, which is San Francisco. And that would be uh, uh, in December. And then the next month, will, the tournament will be in, the tournament will be, it will call it's called the regional. So that's where like around eight states go, which will be California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Hawaii. And this is the region eight championships. So, and then at the end of the, then the next month, you go to the national server clubs, and it's region 8. You represent your region. And for there, that's in February. and That's a four-month-long tournament, and you have to maintain your weight, and you have to be consistent and just stay in shape and make sure you don't get injured. And that's, that's honestly how, that's one of our tournaments that's organized really well. And it's just that's the way we do it in California, or representing. And there's other tournaments. USA Boxing has a new system where they do buy seeds now. And this is the this is a different different way because there's there's a lot of talented kids that could be around, uh, around the same area, and they could be in the same weight class, and that's that's really good because you never know you might have three or four kids from the same state that are that can be at the Olympic trials. So it's really it's really different but that's my best explanation I can explain how USA handles the region and areas.
1: Well, it's a really good insight for people uh, in the UK. You listen; who don't fully maybe understand how the amateur side of the sport works over in America. I think a lot of people, you know, uh, are sort of ignorant to the fact that we don't really know a lot about how American boxing and the grassroots of American boxing comes through. And I think you've given us a, a great insight to that. So thank you for for clarifying bits of information that maybe people knew or or, or didn't know. So it's great to hear. You know, they've got such a, a great amateur. System going through there, producing more and more talented fighters, and obviously you're you're one of them talented fighters that's coming through. And and one of the things I wanted to touch on is is your achievements in the amateur side of the sport so far. So you're you're two-time amateur world champion. Talk to me about that.
2: Being two-time amateur world champion, it means a lot. It sounds it was it was difficult road. I, have, I attended the Junior World Championships in St. Petersburg, Russia in 2015, and I competed against top guys from the first day was, I believe he was from, I, I competed, the first day was, I believe this guy from Uzbekistan, second day was a guy from, second day was Russia. The third day was Czech Republic, the fourth day was Azerbostan, and the fifth day was Cuba. And that's five days of fighting. And I competed in the hundred and nineteen the fifty-four kilograms and I was finding the best of, I was finding the best in the the world at that time. And some of the, the notable kids on that team as well with me were um, Joey Spencer, I'm not sure he's with uh, he's now a pro about ten and 0, I think. Joey Spencer, Richard Torres, who's at the Pan American Games, uh, Otha Jones the third, He signed with Matchroom Boxing. Uh, Gabriel Flores Jr. He signed with Top Rank. Um, honestly, this uh, Jesse Bam Rodriguez he signed with Honda Promotions. Um. Leon Lawson, the third—he's his uh, he's cousins of Anthony Rao and Pierce uh, Shields. And it's just that was a really talented uh, group of guys, and we did we did major things in, in Russia. But it's it's a great experience going overseas and competing against the best because you know where you stand. And that was my first trip to Russia. Um, my second trip to Russia was the 2016 the youth world championships which is the next it's a 17 18 year old so it's a older guys and just uh less weight classes or so meta competition and uh, the first day i fought um india the second day i fought england great britain uh, the third day i fought russia the fourth day i fought uzbekistan and the fifth day i fought Kazakhstan and that group uh, we're really talented as well Um, the guy that I fought from Britain I don't know if you may know him um, Charles Franklin
1: yeah he's turned professional now with uh, with match room
2: yeah I fought Charles Franklin and uh, the second bout of my uh, youth worlds and then I don't know if you know Nikita yeah
1: another one yeah
2: yeah, I, 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 I fought him right the next day after I fought Charles. And I, I, beat, I beat those guys. Uh, much respect to them. I know they're really talented and just, I know my, my father has given me tools to, to compete with the best and uh, most importantly, trust in my abilities when I'm in the ring and overseas.
1: Like I was talking about before, you was explaining what you've been doing over the past couple of years. One of the the notable things about you is obviously the fact that you've won it twice the amateur world championships, and the only you're the only sec, believe second person to have actually done it behind Shakur Stevenson. Is that right?
2: Yes, that is correct. Shakur um, Stevenson just, just paved the way for the the young the, young, the next generation
1: obviously looking at his career professional wise now he's going on to to looking like he's going to have a really really good career and he's obviously been spoke about a lot and his name does get spoke about a lot in in the UK you know there's a lot of people are speaking about potential future fights for him and and he's looking really really good and you know you're coming from the sort of crop of fighters which you were referring to earlier which a lot of them have have transitioned over to the professional side now and moved on uh, and are just starting out but for you You've just made a decision to decide to, to stay in the amateur side of the sport, and you, you're trying to push forward to be, go on the USA team for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo.
2: Yes, um, it's always been my dream to attend the, uh, win the Olympics, and it's just an arm's reach now, and it's becoming a goal. And little by little, we've been working hard, and uh, all this. Hard work is paying off, and that's when I have to remain focused the most. It's just I have a I have a chance to achieve my dream, and I want and I want to do that because I know all the money in the world will always be there, um, even after that, even after the Olympics. And going to the Olympics will just maximize my potential as an amateur as well. And also, I want to implement my name in history with the with the great s like Oscar Delaware, Flint, Mayweather, or now Burker, occur uh, and just, uh, just is take home. Many of the many of the many of the greats start at the Olympics and you just need to maximize your potential.
1: Let's just take a quick pause of the episode for just a moment to give a shout out for the sponsors. It's Bear Attack Boxing providing you high-quality boxing equipment, products, gloves, wraps, pads, the lot. Go over and check them out at Bear Attack Boxing co uk on social media at attack boxing on twitter and bear attack boxing on facebook and instagram and as part of being a loyal listener to btr boxing podcast we've got a discount code in association with bear attack boxing for anybody that's looking to purchase any of the high quality equipment you can get 10 percent off at the checkout by entering the code btr 10 that's btr 10 Ten. If you enter that code, you will get 10% of your high-quality boxing goods and equipment, and you will be able to go to the gym, saving a little bit of money, but getting that exercise in there, getting on that heavy bag, getting yourself on them pads, go over and check them out, because they do genuinely give some great products on their website one shout out is for rob hughes recently purchased some of the bear attack boxing gloves and wraps and has spoke nothing but high of their equipment and of them as a company so please go and check them out rob is a loyal listener to the podcast and he was really happy with the products so happy that he was inclined to give us a message at btr boxing pod on twitter and let us know all about it so if rob's telling us the great we're telling you the great the great <laughs> so go over and check them out it's bear attack boxing on twitter bear attack boxing on facebook and instagram and the website is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk you speaking of Lomachenko uh, i was informed before conducting the interview with you that you've actually shared some rounds with Lomachenko
2: yes i have i've sparred lomachenko on, on two occasions once when i was 16 another time when i was 18 and i learned Many things, far in Lomachenko, I've seen his footwork and hand speed and strength at first hand, and it's just a great experience because that's, that's, but he could not buy that in the world. And he's a, it's like playing soccer with Lino Messi or with Cristiano Ronaldo. It's just, it's, uh, it's an experience for a lifetime, an experience you can always talk about.
1: Because he's a legend. And what was it like sharing uh, the ring with him? Obviously, we know him now. Fans of the sport know him as uh, one of the, if not the pound-for-pound pound best fighter on the planet professionally.
2: It was, it was great to see. I knew he wasn't going his hardest, but it's something you could see firsthand and just see how serious he takes the sport and how hard you have to train or how hard you have to go at it in order to be one of the tough guys in the end those boxing sport and for him to win two Olympic gold medals it's it's an honor to share the ring with him
1: so just going back to your dream of becoming an Olympic champion what's the process for you what do you have to go through now to get yourself on to Team USA to take part in the 2020 Olympics?
2: Well, USA Boxing um, has Olympic... USA has a boxing Olympic trials in December. In order to get there, you need a There's eight spots. It's a double elimination tournament. And you just need to get to the top eight spots. And uh, the four spots are already taken. There's four, four spots remaining. And you just need to place top two in a, in a national qualifier. And those are just the same guys you need to be with. And it's just, it's, it's just like any other tournament. Just go win it. Place top two. But my thing is go win it and go win the... So in fight, fights from now, it's probably maybe like four to five fights to win the qualifiers. And then from there, it will be... Four fights without losing at the Olympic trials. And that's nine fights and you'll be on the USA boxing Olympic team. And then from there, you have to qualify through the world.
1: So it's quite a long road, really, isn't it? For you to actually even get on to Team USA to be a part of the Olympics 2020. So it sounds like it's a a journey and a half for you to get there. And it sounds like you've got the pedigree and what you need behind you to certainly push yourself to that level but for you how do you how do you adapt to your daily life because i know you've been boxing since what the age of four you mentioned earlier is it now ingrained in you as a person and the discipline to to be able to just completely focus on this and because you want it so much as well is this just everything you put your time and attention into
2: yes that is correct um I have never wanted something so bad in my life uh, to win an Olympic gold medal. It's everything I do in life. If it's, it's not going to help me win the Olympic gold medal or help me achieve my dream, then I kind of questioned it. I, before, before I go out with my friends, I make sure I have a workout or like before I do anything, I make sure I have my schedule planned out and just, I love, I like, I like, I like being in the gym. I like being, working out hard. I like, I love I love the process. It's been ingrained in me and it's a passion I share and it's it's my hobby and it's just and I know it's gonna help me achieve my dream. It's really something I have a passion in. Um, I attend the gym. If I can work out two, three times a day uh, I make sure I do. If I can run twice a day, I make sure I do it. I just make sure I'm I make sure I'm not gonna be out working and I make sure I'm gonna be that the bit.
1: So outside of boxing. Mark what else do you like to get up to what do you do to relax away from the sport
2: um, honestly uh there's a lot of things I enjoy doing and that's spending time with my family most importantly uh being there I have three sisters just being there for them is just the little moments that you could never get back or just just being there for them or also just being there with my friends and just just sitting around and just I'm a big fan of basketball, and I also I like play video games too. I play Fortnite, and I just, I'm still, I feel like I'm still a teenager. I'm still a kid. I enjoy like a lot of things that people, that regular people do, and but it's just boxing. I just try to make sure boxing's a priority in my life, and boxing is, boxing is comes first, and I make sure I have to get my workout in. But after that, I already. Had, I have already understand that I make sure I'm getting my miles. I make sure I'm getting my workouts in, and after that, I'll, I'm satisfied. My my parents are satisfied. My peers are satisfied. They respect that. And after that, we can do honestly anything else. But I'm really low maintenance. I don't really, I don't really like to go out. I don't really like to be to go clubbing or partying. Um, I just like to hang out with the people I'm close to, and just enjoy their company.
1: So, looking at boxing as a whole at the moment, if you were to go onto YouTube and look for a particular fight throughout any era, any decade, what would be your go-to fight to go and watch?
2: Uh, my go-to fight will probably be to enjoy or just to like study.
1: Well, give us an answer for both. One that you just enjoy watching and one that you would actually use to be able to study, say, uh, Floyd Mayweather or Penel Whitaker sort of defensive style.
2: Um, honestly, the there's a fight. It was um, the, to study and just like study the motions is probably. I think it was Roger, one of the Mayweather's fighting uh, Chavez. Julio Cesar Chavez. That was a great fight since Julio Cesar Chavez learned he. It was uh, fighting against the shoulder roll, and that's a great fight to study because you learn. He learned how he learned how Julio Chavez will actually go against a shoulder rope or like compete against a Mayweather and it's just, it's really interesting watching but a fight to enjoy, there's many great fights but a fight that I've actually um, I can't give you an answer but a fight I would like to see like a dream matchup would probably be like Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Andre Ward I would like to watch that matchup
1: up put super middleweight
2: um yeah super middle
1: 168 yeah definitely that'd be I'd be an absolute great fight if that if that was something that you could just wish up like that I'd be fantastic to see so Talking about the current boxing scene at the moment then, obviously your life is is completely 100 dedicated to boxing and you've obviously got a long way to go before you even consider sort of transitioning over to the uh, professional ranks. Is that something that you've thought about? Is that a a route for you to go down once you've gone to the Olympics? I know I might might be asking you to think too far ahead here, but is, is that part of the plan for you over the years? Um, going to the going to the
2: professional ranks has always been and also a goal of mine but I know being in order to attend the Olympics you cannot be professional so yes um, professional ranks are in the in my future they they will be there but I understand that I I want to go to the Olympics first but honestly I do want to turn pro I do want to fight for big fights I want to fight for to work titles, I want to fight for multiple weight classes. I want to fight. I want to fight for the people. I just want to fight, make my my family proud, and the, my Hispanic background, and just show someone that from my background that their people can achieve their dreams if they work hard and just stay dedicated to their craft.
1: So, when you talk about your Hispanic background, are you Mexican American? Our mexican heritage
2: I, yes i'm mexican american and i'm also my dad's from El salvador it's a small country in Central America yeah so it's kind of like i have i have the hispanic background behind me my dad's my dad's from there and my mom's from mexico and it's just um hispanics or mexicans is it's in your it's in your back it's in your blood like the boxing Mexicans fan love it and it's just Mexicans are Mexicans are huge supporters of Mexicans that that are in the sport of boxing.
1: So here's a difficult question for you to answer. It might not be difficult, but in terms of Mexican boxers out of all weight categories, who would be your favorite? Favorite all time or favorite right now? Favorite of all time.
2: Favorite all time, no particular order. Probably Julio Cesar Chavez for sure. Juan Manuel Marquez. Um. Canelo Arvarez, uh, Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales. Um, there's many... Salvador Sanchez. There's just... Mexican. Mexico has a prestigious background in Mexico heritage. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to, like, name no names out. I'm not sure if I did. But... It's just... Mexico... If you're fighting, trying to represent Mexico or trying to say you're fighting for the Mexican people, the Mexican people are expecting you to fight, fight with honor and fight. Basically, go out there and fight and show them and give them everything out there. And that's what they expect um, every time we're are fighting out there. And that's why, why Mexico, fan, Mexicans are diehard diehard fans of of just boxers um, of their country
1: well it happened quite recently with obviously Andy Ruiz Jr. beating Anthony Joshua against all odds after coming in with only five weeks notice off the back of his win over Dimitrenko and you know being crowned as the first Mexican heavyweight world champion and obviously he's just completely shot to fame after this win um
2: yes it's crazy um I, I was just watching the fight as a, just a fan, but also, like, um, it's always in the back of your mind, like, maybe the top dog can lose, like, Anthony Joshua. And it's just, it was, uh, I was jumping up and down for him because I know what it's like to, I know what it's like to be heavy underdog or also just, um, just know that coming from a mexican background that you're not always given the fair shake or for anthony for for andy reese to not look the part as a boxer and just for him to do the impossible and the way to do it in a spectacular fashion it's you can't be you can't be sad for him there's no way you cannot hate on him or just And but major props to uh, Anthony Joshua giving him his props. But I also feel like there's a bigger there's a bigger the story's not told. The story's not finished. Anthony Joshua will bounce back, and Andy Reese will be there to give him another hell of a fight. And but the main thing is the Mexican culture is now embracing Andy Anthony uh, Andy Reese. Mexican fans are embracing him. It's just it's it's wonderful to watch because he proved to the Mexican people that he could fight and and now he's the first Mexican heavyweight champion of the world
1: So let's go back to your career then uh, and where you're at I wanted to find out a little bit more about the support you get, obviously you are relatively young and you are at the stage where we've discussed you are pushing for the, the sort of greatest amateur accolade which you can go on to achieve which is obviously Olympic gold but what has it been like with the support network around you? You mentioned family and friends earlier uh, do you have any other people that support you any companies, any sponsorships?
2: I have no major sponsors, I have uh, a major uh, sponsor from my, from a fellow from a fellow um, church a um, fellow business, a local business but nothing major the, the sponsor is called uh, A&B Ranch Management but honestly, no major sponsors. Um, he's a really great friend of ours, and we really appreciate him sponsoring us. And uh, we appreciate that because we know it's kind of like you have to remain loyal to them because they're helping me when I'm not relatively in the boxing world. I'm still kind of relatively small, and they just they just uh, helped me out and just they trust in me. The most important thing. But no major sponsors like Nike and stuff like that. Um, they send me gear, um, like Box Raw, like Box Raw sends me gear, but it's not it's not a sponsorship. It's just, it's kind of like you sport the gear, you like, they want me to wear it. But yeah. no major money's being put in my pockets to wear, wear certain things. But it's just, I know I have to be patient and I know it will come with time.
1: So how do you how do you manage aside from from boxing? Do you work? Do you have to work to support your boxing career?
2: Honestly, up to this point, my parents were paying. Have been paying out of pocket this whole time, and not a, not until last year we have got that sponsorship. So my parents have been paying out of pocket, and it's not my parents will. They're your parents, so like they'll do anything in their power to help you achieve things dreams. And they, my parents, make one dollar and they spend they up spending three. So it's been hard to this point, but we you know tough times don't like put me says tough times don't last, but tough people do. And it's just we know the money's the money is the money helps you helps you. The money isn't. The money is a factor but the money is not the main priority the main priority is it's into an the Olympics and how me achieve my dream and and but no major sponsors though that I will come with time I just need to keep working hard because if I'm focused uh, my main thing is just focus on the boxing and I know the sponsorships will come if I keep keep up with good work in boxing
1: and I 100% agree with you and I've got to say it's been a pleasure to speak to you it's been a pleasure to have you on uh, to discuss your career your amateur career which is quite a decorated amateur career in terms of what you've achieved so far and, and what you're planning to go on to achieve and it's been a really great insight to hear a little bit more about the journey that you are having to go through to try and get to that end goal to try and get to that dream and also some of the experiences you've had along the way as well and you know sharing the ring with the likes to Vasily Lamachenko and you know, being able to be around that sort of caliber of, of fighter is, is is invaluable. And you know, I really appreciate you coming on, and, and thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us.
2: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, just, I'm just thankful, and I'm just want, I just want to make this interview just meaningful. And uh thank you for using your platform to share me and just get me out to the public.
1: So there we go, five fans. That was a fantastic finale to Wants to Watch Series 2 with Mark Castro, great amateur, two-time world amateur champion, 2017 elite national champion. Team USA hopeful. Sounds like he's going to get there. Seems like he's a really, really good prospect. Been in with some great amateur fighters who've gone on to turn professional, mentioning names like Shakur Stevenson there, Sparring with Vasily Lomachenko. The guy it seems like is an absolute red hot prospect to watch out for, and this is the whole point of ones to watch. It's to find people like Mark. It's to expose people like Mark to the public, to let the American fans know, to let the British fans know, fans all over the world that listen to this podcast and this series get to hear about fighters like Mark through this particular series. So, if you have enjoyed it, please go and find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod. On Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook and you can also subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify and even Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats YouTube channel. So that was the final episode for Series 2 of Wants to Watch. A big thank you to all the fighters that have come on for this series. I really hope you've enjoyed being a part of the podcast. And for the listeners, I hope you've enjoyed finding out more about some of the prospects out of the UK and obviously the USA as well. I really hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please let me know because I want to know how people perceive this series. Is it a series we should continue running? Should we go for Series 3? Well, I think we should and I'm planning to do a Series 3 for sort of September time and start getting some new fighters on the scene and we'll try and focus more on fighters from different areas in terms of like the american fighters coming through and we'll try and focus on mexican fighters and we'll, we'll try and focus our attentions a little bit more on a varied selection of prospects coming through different ranks across the world for series three and please let us know because it really does make a difference if we know you're really enjoying it you can find me on social media at i am basto B-A-S-T-O-W nothing else. It's not Bisto, It's not that swear word. It's Basto. B-A-S-T-O-W. Find me at I. am Basto. Drop me a message or drop me a message on BTR Boxing Pod. Me and Johnston both cover that inbox. So give us a message. Let us know. If you're enjoying the series please let us know. And if you want to be on the series and you're a fighter that listens to this podcast or you know of a fighter that should come on to this please drop me a message. Let me know and I'll get it all set up for Series 3 because I'd love to try and get as many fighters on as I possibly can. we try and stick to 10 episodes a series so it doesn't run on for too long but we've got other series coming up shortly so please keep checking out our podcast feed please keep checking out our social media channels for more updates on that thank you to everybody that's listened to Ones to Watch Series 2 and we'll see you on the new series <coughs>